Thank you, brother. <clears throat> Have your Bibles. Turn with me to uh, uh, Hebrews, the fifth chapter, if you would. Hebrews, the fifth chapter, and uh, I'm going to read the first four verses, and that's what I'm going to be preaching on tonight. So I do want you to uh, uh, listen to this as I read it, because Paul uses a lot of the Old Testament teachings to teach these Jews New Testament things. And uh, so uh, you, you have to understand uh, uh, we'll be uh, uh, transferring this from over from the Old Testament to the New Testament tonight in, in some of the same thing we're going to talk about. So let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. And I want to read to you the first four verses. Now listen to these as I read them because you get more out of listening to the text maybe than you would even get out of the message. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men. Now uh, get those, get those uh, things right there. Ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And by reason hereof he, he ought, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he, he that is called of God, as was Aaron. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for your word, Lord. I pray you'll use it. Use it for thy honor and thy glory. And most of all, Lord, use it to these people at, uh, uh, and teaching them. And Lord, uh, again, has already been prayed. Uh, Brother Gary mentioned about the devil. You know, the devil's having a heyday today with this disease that's going around. And and, and people who don't get to come to church, just they grow weaker and weaker. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit to get them to where they'll be back in the Lord's house again. Thank you, Lord, for everything, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. The title of my message today is to cover these four verses. The title of it is The Call to the ministry, the call to the ministry. Now, there is a lot of scripture in the Bible concerning the call to the ministry. I mean, you can go through the Bible and you can practically find enough scripture concerning the, the call to the ministry uh, from the Old and the New Testament to where you can preach a few messages just using nothing but scripture. But there's a lot of scripture out there. The scripture before us tonight gives us details of the calling. Now, what, what, is, what is stated here is referring to the Old Testament call of a priest uh, uh, to the ministry, uh, but it's also uh, a good guide for the calling of, uh, of those today to the ministry. We can learn a lot about the call to the ministry if we just listen to these verses as they are speaking to us tonight. Let me let me say any man 
or for that matter, any woman can say they are called to the ministry. Uh, that's that's something that, uh, you know, some people, believe it or not, there are some that don't believe there's any such thing as a call to the ministry. They believe you just start preaching, and, and that's all you have to do, that you don't have to uh, be called to the ministry. But Bible teaches different than that. Uh, a man, a man didn't become a priest until, first of all, he was he was vetted closely, he was looked at closely, he was questioned, and and he was they were sure that as far as Aaron and his sons was concerned, there's certain things that they had to do and they had to look like in order to be uh, called to the to the priesthood. Well. It's the same way today as far as the the ministry is concerned. Um, I, 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 they say they, they're called to the ministry, but that doesn't mean that he or she is genuine. Just because someone says they're called to the ministry doesn't mean they're genuine, and, and I, I think we'll see here why that is. Um, I know that she is not genuine because... I know that God only called men in the scriptures. He only called men to the priesthood. He only called men to the ministry. And uh, God, the scripture does not say anywhere where a woman is called to the ministry. So, so I know that, uh, that, that that's not genuine. Um, there is no place in the Bible where God called a woman to be a preacher for he only called men very first statement gives us a good understanding of the calling. The very first statement that is made in these texts that I just read to you, he says, for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. Now, um, let me say this. This is not the ordination by a church a one who feels he is ready uh, to pastor a church. But this is God's ordination before the foundation of the world. That, that, that word ordained, ordained means that it was, it's already been done. Uh, it's already been done. It was done before the foundation of the world that God has already ordained his ministers and ordained his priests before the foundation of the world. If it pertains to the priesthood, it also pertains to uh, uh, to the call to the ministry today. <clears throat> but this is done be- before the foundation of the world. It was Jehovah God who told Jeremiah, and this this is where we understand this. He said, "Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before uh, uh, thou uh, comest forth out of the womb." I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee as a prophet unto the nations. So he told Jeremiah, he said, I did all this before you were ever born. I did all this before you ever came forth out of your mother's womb. I, 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 I'm the one, I ordained you to be exactly what you're going to be. And and this this is another thing that we we must realize and we must realize, you know, that, and, and, and I'm going to say this because I feel it's on my heart tonight. Um, 
When God calls a man to the ministry, he calls him. He doesn't tell, he doesn't tell anyone that I'm, I'm going to call you to the ministry and then you have to decide whether you want to be a minister or not. That's not what it is. You know, when God, and, I, and I'm not going by the example of myself because, I mean, 50, I don't know, I, I didn't mention it this past Sunday, but, but this past Sunday marked me 53 years pastoring churches. And, and as I've said before, I've never been without a church in those 53 years. I went right from one right straight into the other. And, uh, and so I've never been without a church. But, um, this is, um, uh, this is something that, uh, I, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, I, I've heard people say, well, I was called to the ministry a long time ago, but I, I, I didn't accept it. It's, it's no rejecting it. I, I, that's, you don't find anywhere in these passages here where, where, uh, Jehovah God ever said, uh, that he left it up to the man to decide whether he wanted to be a priest or not. He, he doesn't say that anywhere. And it's, and it's not, it's not the case with here with, with today. You know, it's, it's, it's some people say, well, I, I was called a long time ago, but I didn't go. Uh, and well, you know, a lot of times people make it, try to blend it in with life here on earth and everything, you know, well, you know, I've got a job and I can't do that. And, and I, I, and I make a lot of money and I can't give that up. And, and I do this and I do that. And, and, and when a more convenient time is, then I may go into the ministry. Well, I'm suspect of all that because this is not this is not what we're going to learn tonight. We're going to learn tonight that that God took care of all this was done before the world was ever created. And I believe this. I believe this with all of my heart. I believe that God ordained every man he calls to the ministry the same way as he did Jeremiah. I believe he did that. I believe God does that. I believe I believe that God knew from the day before before I was ever conceived, I believe God knew that I was ordained me to be a minister. I believe that, and, and I, I can't help it. Uh, I'm not trying to lift up my ministry, uh, but but I believe I believe that's exactly. I believe that's the way it was. Now he says what, and we want to consider what is the work of a high priest. When you talk about what what's the work of a minister, we can preach a, a sermon on what's the work of a minister uh, today. Well, what's the work of a high priest? We can get some idea of what the work of a minister is. God says that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Now, that was that was the work of a um, uh, of a minister uh, of a uh, a priest in that day, you know, the people had to go through the priest to get to God. The priest was a was a mediator to God. The priest prayed all the prayers. Uh, man, man didn't pray uh, his own prayers because the priest prayed all the prayers. The priest offered up uh, if a man was if a man was have his sins cleansed, 
a priest had to offer those sins up unto God for them to be cleansed. But it's not like that today. One reason why we can freely pray today, we can because God has made us priest unto himself. You know, so this, this is the likeness right here. You know, uh, later on, I think in the book of Hebrews here, he talks about uh, us being priest. And, and so uh, uh, every, every person that is saved is a priest. And thereby, every person that is saved has the privilege of, of offering, up, offering up his, uh, his own sins to God, offering up his own uh, uh, petitions to God, that he doesn't need to go through. He, does, he doesn't need it. It's, it's always good to have the preacher pray for you, but it's always better for you to pray for yourself and you be a praying person for yourself and realize that you do have a link to God unless, unless you got a fellowship with God. And we're going to talk about that before this message is over with. Unless you have a fellow, you, you, you're out, out of fellowship with God, then you don't have a link to God anymore because he's going to turn his face upon you like he did uh, uh, the tribe of Benjamin. We're going to talk about that in just a little while. Now, God ordained Aaron for the same purpose, same purpose, that he may offer gifts, that is, whatever, whatever the giving of the people. Uh, I believe it was uh, when, when Jesus said that, you know, if you take your gift to the altar, but if you realize that you have all against your brother, you are to go to your brother and, and make it right with your brother. Uh, you, you'd offer your gift, but you go to your brother and make it right to your brother before you come and pray as, as, as a result of that gift that you gave. You had to make it right with your brother. You know, if you're out of fellowship with your brethren, you know, you have a hard time being in fellowship with God. You can't be out of fellowship with your brethren and be in fellowship with God all the same. It's just, it's just the way it is. Um, uh, Jehovah God told Moses, he says, And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. So, so God told Moses who, who was to be a priest. Your brother. He told Moses, said, your brother Aaron is going to be a priest. And, and God knows these things. You know, that's a, I always thought it was a blessing for a, a, a man to be a priest and then him have a son, I mean a preacher, and him have a son and he get called to the ministry. And then him have a son, he get called to the ministry. And I just learned after I was in the ministry for a while, I learned that I had a great grandfather that was a Sovereign Grace Landmark Missionary Baptist preacher in the mountains of Kentucky. And I learned that after, after I was saved. Well, you know, God knows down through a family. God, God knows what, what he's going to do. He, if, you, if you're one that's in fellowship with God, God knows what he's going to do with your children. Uh, if, 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 you're in, if, his children, if your children are in fellowship with God, God knows what he's going to do with them. And, and that's an important thing. That's the reason I've always had a, I've always wanted and I've always prayed for it. But it, did, it hasn't happened. I prayed 
that God would raise up one of these young men here in Landmark Baptist Church to be the next pastor of this church, but it hasn't happened. And, and so, uh, so that's, uh, that's something when we, when we think about those things, that's something to think about. Such a one, in referring to uh, uh, Aaron's being called to the, into the priesthood, such a one is ordained of Jehovah before the world began. God knew who he had called and ordained. He knew that. God already knew that. You know, we, we have people today that believe that you're not truly a preacher until you're ordained. Well, th- there's nothing says about that. And by a matter of fact, God calls a man to preach. He doesn't call a man to be a pastor right off the bat. He calls a man to be a preacher. And, 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 then, and then during the time that a man is a preacher, then if, if the Lord uh, speaks to him about being a pastor, th- there's a lot of preachers, that they stay preachers uh, all their, uh, most all their life. They never pastor a church, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that because God not only calls you to be a preacher, but he also calls you to be a pastor. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't really think I would ever pastor a church. I really didn't when I was first called to be a preacher. But I preached uh, ever, I preached every Sunday somewhere after the Lord called me to preach. I preached my first message. I, I, I accepted a call to preach on a Sunday morning, and I preached my first message on a Sunday night. Now, you're talking about a scared young man. I was a scared young man when Brother Jim Jeffries told me there were three of us that made a, uh, that came forward and said the Lord was calling us to preach. Well, Brother Jeffries took me aside and he said, I want you to preach tonight. And so I worked all, all Sunday afternoon. I mean, I sweated and I worked all Sunday afternoon to try to, um, uh, get, um, ready to preach on Sunday night. But the Lord, the Lord made me ready. I was ready to preach. And so I preached in, I preached in churches all over Kentucky. I even preached in one or two in Tennessee, uh, while I was, before I ever started pastoring. But I started pastoring and I was saved in, in March and I started pastoring in August of that same year. So, uh, it wasn't long after that until Lord, Lord did, uh, set me in, in, to be a pastor and the church ordained me to be a pastor. Uh, ministers are called to stand before God in the place. Now here, here's something that, that is, um, I've mentioned this before and I've, I've had, I had some opposition to this several years ago, but this, this is, this is something that a lot of people don't don't realize ministers are called to stand before God in the place of men. And whether we realize it or not, he does it for the good of men. You know, God does it for the good of men. And, and I've said this many times before uh, in the book of, this book of Hebrews. It talks about, I believe it's around 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews. He talks about how that 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 those that are have the rule over you, that he has to give an account to you to God. 
Now, why would that, I, I, I preached that several years ago, said that several years ago, and somebody came to me, I said, sir, they said, how, how, can, how can you give an account for me? I said, well, that's what the Bible says. And my accounting for people is, you know, my accounting here lately is, Lord, uh, uh, they're sick. I said, Lord, you know, Lord, Lord expects his people to be in his house every time the door's open. And if he's not, then I have to give an account as to why those people aren't here. People don't understand that. They, they don't understand that. They, they don't understand that that's what you have to do. That's what he's referring to here when, when ministers are called to stand before God in the place of men. And, and whether we realize it or not, he does it for the good of men. Um, and we're, we're, we're going to get in some things here in, in just a few minutes. Uh, when a man is ordained by church, he is ordained for the good of other people. He's ordained for the good of other people. In other words, when a man is ordained to be a pastor, that means that he's going to go and he's going he's to do good for other people. He, he's going to pastor a church and he's going to be a good pastor in that church and he's going to be one that's going to that's do for the uh, uh, for for the good of other people, he he must stand taller, not in stature. That's not what we're referring to. He must stand taller than uh, he must stand taller, not in stature, but in goodness and righteousness uh, uh, than than all others. He has to. He has to stand taller, not in stature, but in, in righteousness and goodness, goodness and righteousness than all others. Yeah, you know, I've heard people say, well, that's not fair. I've heard preachers say that's not fair. I've heard preachers, when that's preached, they say, well, that's not fair. It's not fair that we have to, we have to li live a better life than the people we're pastoring. But it is. You know, I, I know a church right now. It's not a it's not a Baptist church, but I know a church right now is going through something. They found out their pastor's having an affair with one of the women in the church. That's right. That's right now. That's going on right now. Matter of fact, they're having a meeting. The church is having a meeting about it tonight, and and that's going on right now. And so they've asked me to get involved in it, but I told them I'm not going to get involved in it. I'm not. I, I, I don't need to get involved in nothing like that. But, um, but at any rate, uh, that's, he, has to, he has to stand higher than all others in righteousness and goodness. He, he has to do that, and, and that's, a, that's, that's, what it's, that's what should be expected of him. You know, it, it just behooves me how some people can... Some preachers can do the things they do, and a church just lets them go. Don't say anything to them about it. They can have affairs, and a church just lets them go. Uh, you know, you a preacher's got to stand, a pastor and a priest in the Old Testament had to stand taller than all the others in goodness and righteousness. He had, he had to stand taller than all of them. A minister, a minister's work is, and and, uh, and listen to this. He says 
who can have compassion on the ignorant. Now, um, I'm not going to say who I thought about then, but, I, but that's not what this is talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it says, who can have compassion on the ignorant? Now, this is not speaking about intelligence of others, but it speaks of those who ignorantly sin. Now, boy, there's a lot of that goes on. Ignorantly sin. A lot of people get, they get, as I said here in, in my next statement, you know, when a man or woman sins a sin of ignorance, that is, they knew, they knew no better. When they confess and repent of the sins, then they, they are not to be made fun of, and they're not to be, uh, they're not to be gotten angry with. That's what he's referring to here. You know, you know, it's one thing to, for a person to fall into sin, but it's another thing for somebody like me to get upset with them over it. I'm not, I don't do that, and I'm not going to do that. A lot of people say, well, you should do that, but you don't. No. He, he, he said that these people, you're to have compassion. You can have compassion on those who ignorantly sin because they don't know any better. They get to, sometimes they get their minds in a shape to where they don't know any better than what they're doing. They, they, just, they, they get so hyped up, and, uh, and, and, and they get so... Uh, 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 Pumped up over something that they don't, they forget what they're doing. They forget who they are, and they forget what they're doing in this. They uh, they are to be pitied, sympathized with, and restored to fellowship by those who are spiritual. Now that's what the Bible teaches. That's what the Bible, Bible doesn't teach us to make fun of people. Because they sin, you know, we could do a lot of things that uh, people sit around and they wait on a preacher sometimes to say, I told you so. That's not right. That's not right. When somebody goes and does something, when they've been taught differently, you know, you don't go to them and say, well, I told you so. You go to them in pity. You go to them in sympathy because they did not know what they were doing. Just like Jesus, when Jesus was, was hanging there on the tree. He said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. They, they don't know what they've done. And, and uh, when they cried out, uh, crucify him, crucify him, they didn't know what they were doing. Why, why did they do that? They were in one of those hyped-up crowds. They didn't want them hyped-up mobs that, 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 was, that was totally against the, the man called Jesus. Just like today and the mobs that are against our president, you know, they get so hyped up. That, well, I, I can see why they burn buildings down. I can see why they destroy things because they're so hyped up that, that they, they think that this, this is something that their head tells them they have to do. Well, let me tell you, folks, ig ignorance sinning is, is just that way. It, 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 Paul said, uh, Paul said, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, make fun of him. Cuss him out. No, he didn't say that. Jump on him. No, he didn't say that. He said, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a man 
in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Let me tell you, folks, we can, we can, we can get, we can get around. And, and this, this thing of, uh, uh, of people, uh, gathering up together, it don't, it, it, it had nothing to do with, with the, the virus. It just had to do, it's always been like that. That pe- people get, get gather up together and, and it, it, they don't think about who they are. They don't think about what they are. Or they don't think about whose they are. They don't, they don't think about that they belong to God. They just go along. They go along with the crowd, and they do what the crowd does, and they get themselves in trouble with God. Now, let, let me tell you, folks, God tells us to be gentle with them. But let me tell you, folks, God is not so gentle with them. I tell you, when God gets a hold of them in chastisement, he's not gentle with them. Chastisement can be a terrible thing in that we must all remember that every one of us are compassed. Now, this, all this is still is in our scripture we read to you. That remember that all of us are compassed with infirmities. Remember what I said about infirmities? I said about infirmities, there's a lot of infirmities in this body. A lot of them. And sin is the biggest one. The biggest infirmity we have is that we can still sin. You know, uh, God didn't save us to never sin again. Because the Lord knows that, and I know it, that as long as we're in these these dirty bodies we're in and have to drag them around, there's going to be sin. That's a terrible infirmity. Sickness is an infirmity of the body. As we talked about, we talked about all those infirmities. And he says here, talks about, talks about those priests and, and preachers, I'll say that, compassed with infirmities. He's got to realize that he has the same infirmities as all men have. Even though we're even though we're supposed to stand taller, and then we're supposed to stand taller in goodness and righteousness, but yet we have the same weakness that all men have in this body. The same weakness that all, all men have in this body. Now that's no excuse to sin. Ignor- ignorance is no excuse to sin. Ignorant ignorant sin has to be repented of. And has to be confessed and repented of. Ignorant sin is no excuse. Somebody said, well, I, did, I didn't know what I was doing. Well, if you're a saved person, you say, I didn't know what I was doing, then you're, you should go to God and ask God forgiveness. Confess those sins and ask God to forgive you for those sins because they, they are sins regardless, such as I spoke of last week. There can be infirmities in the, of the mind when we when we let out when, when, I'm sorry when we let our minds wander from the things of God. This is a sin. This is a sin. How many times you have to shake your head and say, "Why? Why am I thinking such a thing like this?" That's a sin. When we don't we don't try to control our minds, you know, your mind can do anything in the world. 
but we, we should always be alert to what's going on around us, and that, that, that includes the mind. You have to be alert to what's going on around you. You have to be alert to where I am and, and what I'm doing. You know, if, if I'm in a crowd of people and I'm having a lot of fun, I, I can't forget who I am and whose I am. But we do. And that leads to ignorant sin. And that leads sometimes to chastisement. A very, very terrible chastisement. Sometimes it does, sometimes it leads to it. You know, God, when, when God gets to the point to where he chastises a person, it's not going to be good. As I've said many times before, some of these things, uh, uh, you know, if you, if you lose a dollar or two, you know, that's not chastisement. If you have a flat tire, that's not chastisement. I tell you, chastisement can lead to death. It can lead to, to, to God taking the life of someone. And so we need to realize that, and we need to understand that, because that's what he speaks of here in this. All of us are weak in the flesh and can fall into ignorant sin at any time. All of us are. Falling into ignorant sin comes when we get so excited over something that we forget our spiritual walk with the Lord. You know, we, we quit following the Lord, we start following the multitude to do evil. Well, he says, you know, I, I know it's easy for us, uh, Sister Maud Arnold, bless her, uh, Lord rest her soul. Sister Maud Arnold, she would come to me and she'd talk about something that happened. She said, God ought to just come down and just kill every one of them. And I said, Sister Maud, I was just a young preacher. I hadn't been, I hadn't, I, that's, that's my first church pastor. And I said, Sister Maud, I said, uh, you know, we can't tell God what to do or what God ought to do. And I said, furthermore than that, I said, we, we've got to pray for those people, pray for people like that. And boy, she, she was, and, and my mother was the same way. My mother said, well, God ought to kill them, all of them. And, uh, and that's, uh, but that's not what we're talking about here. <clears throat> You know, there are a lot of those things that go on, such as parties and many other like things. Just remember this, when the prophet Zechariah, what prophet Zechariah said, listen to this, what he said. He said, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments before the angel. Zechariah 3 and verse 3. That wasn't right. Joshua was a, was a priest. That wasn't right. He was a priest, and, and Joshua stood before one of the angels that God sent to him in filthy garments. Now, let me tell you, folks, if we've got sin in our heart, we're going to go before God with a filthy garment. Joshua, now listen to this. Now, Joshua was clothed with filthy garments before the angel. The angel that came and appeared to Joshua to, to teach him and to tell him what God would have him do. And wh what, what were those filthy garments? I don't know. I don't know if Joshua was in a con condition to where that, you know, that he, he wasn't very close to the Lord or what it was. That would just be my opinion. That don't amount to hill of beans. 
what, what he meant when he said he, he was clothed with filthy garments before the angel. The angel was near, was sent by Jehovah God, and one must present himself in a clean garment. I tell you, when you, you stand before God, now we're not talking about clothes here. We're not talking about clothes. When the Bible talks about filthy rags, it's not talking about clothes. It's talking about our, our sales. It's talking about our sales, talking about us. It's talking, it's talking about the condition we're in when we, when we have filthy rags. One, as, as old preacher said up there in Ohio one time, he said, the best trade I ever made, he said, I, he was an old preacher. I was just a young, young man. He was an old preacher, and he said, I've made a lot of trades in my life. He said, I've probably had 25 or 30 automobiles. He said, I've traded everything. He said, I've traded uh, 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 guns, and he said, I've traded cars. But he said, the best trade I ever made was when I took these filthy rags off and God put that royal robe on me of righteousness. That's what happened to every one of us. If you're saved tonight, you're wearing a robe of righteousness. Don't forget that. Don't forget that I don't care where you are or what you're doing. You folks out there tonight, I don't know how many people are listening, but I'm telling you, you, you've got to realize that, that you have to keep your mind on who you are all the time. Or you're going to go before God with a filthy garment on. You're going to go before God with a filthy garment. Many times we go before the Lord with a dirty heart because of sin. Many times we go to the throne of grace with a dirty heart and then God refuses to listen he says that he says if you regard iniquity in your heart then he said I won't listen to you I won't listen to you when you sin it's amazing Jeremiah warned the tribe of Benjamin here's what Jeremiah warned the tribe of Benjamin he says your iniquities have turned away these things and your sins have withholden good things from you. He told the tribe of Benjamin that. He told the tribe of Benjamin, he said, because of your sins, God is withholding good things for you, from you, because of that. Now, God God can take things away from you. Now, he gives you things, but he can take things away from you. What was it Job said? Job said, behold, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Lord can take away exactly what he gave you. You know, everything you have, you, you have a good job. God gave that to you. The Bible says he gave you power to get wealth. God gives you the power to get wealth. And when, when you've got a job, you're getting wealth. You might say, well, I don't make much money, but you're still getting wealth. You're getting wealth. But let me tell you, God can take that away from you in an instance. How, 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 how we have seen that today. I tell you, with, with, with what's going on today, Gary started his prayer out tonight with talking about Satan. Let me tell you, Satan is having a heyday. Satan is just picking out who he wants, just picking out here, here and picking them out. 
And he he's saying he's saying this one this one has hasn't done like they should have done, and now they suffering. I'm going to make it harder on them. I'm going to make it harder on them, just like just like he uh, God gave him the permission to be hard on Job, and boy, he was hard on Job. Job lost his family, he lost his wealth, and he lost his health. Job lost it all and didn't do a thing wrong just because of God turned Satan loose on him. But let me tell you, folks, when you go and sin and you do things you shouldn't do, you're turning Satan loose on you. You really are. It's, it's important that we see that. And this last verse here, or verses 3 and 4, now listen to this. And by reason thereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. You know, you can pray all day long for someone else, but let me tell you, folks, it's a difficult thing sometimes to pray for yourself. It's a difficult thing to pray for yourself sometimes. Because I, I know you feel about it the same way I do. You know, sometimes I don't feel worthy of prayer. Sometimes I feel like, why, why would God listen to me? And then there's times when, when I realize that God is right there listening and waiting on me to offer up my prayers. But then this old wicked body I'm in says, well, I, I, I shouldn't be doing this because who, who am I? Who am I that God would, would recognize me? But let me tell you, folks, because of Jesus Christ and what he did, he'll recognize us. That is, if we've got a clean hands and a clean heart. You've got to have clean hands and a clean heart. Just like they tell you when you go to, when you go to court and, and you go to court to, to have something tried, you've got to have clean hands. You can't go to court with dirty hands. Well, when you go to God, you've got to have a clean heart. That heart's got to be clean, and, and that's your responsibility to see that your heart is clean. We see one must have clean hands and a heart if he expects to get anything from God. It was over in the book of James, first chapter, where he said a man that, that doesn't pray as he should, a man that doesn't ask for the wisdom as he should, a man don't do these things, he said don't expect anything from God if you're that man. I'm just paraphrasing. Don't expect anything from God if you're that person. You can't stop. You can't stop what God's going to do. You just can't, can't do it. <clears throat> A lot of modern ministers, even today, don't have clean hands and a clean heart. But yet they go in the pulpit and they preach and the people listen to them. People listen to them. I tell you, they listen to them. This preacher that I'm telling you about right now, they just found out that he's running around with another man's wife. They just found it out. And these people have said in the past, he was one of the finest preachers they've ever had. But they, cl they claim he'd been doing this for a long time. Let me tell you, folks, your sins will soon catch up with you. They will. 
If they don't do it now, they'll do it when you stand before the judgment. Sad thing, but that's the way it is. Pray the Lord to bless you tonight, and pray the Lord to see fit to use these things that I preach to you. So let's be dismissed this time. Let's all stand, if you would.